the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back as we head into hour two. That was a weird octave for me to open up. <laughs> My voice, it's weird today. It is a delight to bring back to the show, as we do most Thursdays, Sam Stone. You can follow him on Twitter at Sam the Paul, P-O-L, Sam the Paul. He is the, uh, a radio host in his own right, hosting, co-hosting Breaking Battlegrounds here every Saturday afternoon at 3 p.m. I got a million things to talk about with Sam today. Sam, how are you, brother? I'm good, Seth. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. Do we want? Do we need to do the food thing and get that out of the way? The food thing for the week. Uh, I was told we're talking about like bagels. Yeah, David. Uh, <laughs> David Dahl, our resident wasp here, wants us to talk about. <laughs> wants you and me to talk about bagels. The best place to get bagels. This was he at, may know. What the this best. was at the suggestion yeah. of Sam's Breaking Battlegrounds producer. Oh, it was. It was indeed. Oh, oh okay. okay. So Jeremy, We've got a fifth Jeremy column here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Does that make him a sixth column? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Where's the best place to get bagels, Sam? Uh, so if they're from an ex-inmate uh, on a place called Bagelfeld. Uh, which is on Thomas Road, just between 32nd and 24th Street on the north side of the road. It's tucked away behind one of those, like, DMV, you know, mm-hmm. uh, private DMV type places, yeah. you know, tight tag title type yeah, places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tucked behind those. All there is on the road, you can't even see the building. There's no sign that you can see. All you see is, like, this little A-frame board that they put out there. Uh, it says Bagelfeld, and you've got to go early. Because they they are sold out every day. No kidding. By like mid morning. Okay, good to know. Bagelfeld, twenty nine forty East Thomas opens six a.m. So the early bird gets the bagel and uh, Bagelfeld. Good to know. Yeah, and, and and I love it because it's such a great story of this woman who was you know convicted of a crime, went to jail, uh, turned her life around when she was in jail, put the resources together that she needed to. to get this thing going on a shoestring and she makes the best bagels in town. A friend of mine who works at the DOC put me onto this. It is incredible. And if you're in that area and you're hankering for a bagel, you should stop by. Good to know. What is it about uh, ex-cons and bread? Dave's bread. Dave's bread is a great bread. And uh, isn't that his story, too? Do you, are you familiar with the Dave Dave's bread brand or Dave's bre- bread story? I had heard that, yeah. but I actually didn't know anything he, he, more than I had heard that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's one of the of better loaves of bread you can buy. It has various varieties. And he tells the story, I think, it used to be on the label, and I think I've heard him interviewed, maybe on the Corolla show, uh, that, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. That's that's wonderful to know. Um, every saint has a past. Every sinner has a future, Sam. Well, and, and you know what? Like, I'm a big believer that you can be redeemed. Absolutely. That, you know, the justice system should be more than just punishment, that yep. it should be rehabilitation. Yep. And so I love these stories. And I think when you have someone and you can give them purpose uh, when they're coming out of prison, you can give them a path uh, that they can work hard. Uh, obviously. Um, but when you do that, good things happen and they don't go back and reoffend. And when you look at our crime stats, so much of them are driven by 
repeat offenders. When you hear stories like this, we should figure out how to make more of them. I'm with you. Uh, we used to call it a penitentiary system. Where do we think right. the word penitentiary comes from? Penitent yep, exactly. and repentance. Absolutely. We've lost, the, uh, we've lost too much of that element. Uh, there are some places that are getting some of this really right. Uh, up in Yavapai, Dave Rhodes is getting it really right. I think you know these stories. Um, there are, there, there are, and it takes a special person. Mm-hmm. So yep. you know, in Yavapai, yep. you you have the sheriff yep. and the county prosecutor Sheila Polk, who who gets sometimes a bad rap for being very tough on drugs, kind of thing. But I think she gets um, a good rap for being tough on drugs. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, 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 I mean, I give her a good rap. Let me put but, it. That, you know, let, look, me, I mean, let me put it that way. Yeah. I, at least she gets a bad rap from like the yes, yes, time, yes, yes, right? yes, yes, um, of course. Which isn't you know that that is sort of a mark of honor. Yeah, I, that, that's um, yeah, we're saying the same. But <laughs> but at the same time, like at the end of the day, this is a woman who it's not just about punishment. Right. She is very much about those second chances and about the opportunity yep. to earn your your you know your future and get yep. your life back on yep. track. And and I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. And uh, you and I work closely with someone who is a walking model of that in Jeff Taylor, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I have other friends, too, who have who've been in that position, have served time, have gotten their life back on track. Um, and those stories are all really if there's one thing that's really consistent, you hear it with Jeff, too. It, it's like, listen, I came to the realization that I, all of this was on me. Yeah. Yeah. And that my path forward was going to be on me also. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I if you want to see, well, it's 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 not doable now because he passed away. But if you wanted to see grown men uh, cry, uh, you would go and watch Chuck Colson preach in a prison. And um, and and that whole prison fellowship notion is part was part and, and is part and parcel of that today. I, you know, it just. He's one of these guys you can't replicate, but uh, he himself is that story, of course. You know, he himself is that story. And uh, anyway, I didn't expect we'd go there from bagels, but I'm glad we did because it's it's a it's a topic that needs more discussion. Yeah, it's one of those that that gets hidden. It's behind so much of our societal ills is, mm-hmm. is the it anti-recidivism. Is. Yep. Yep. And yet we really don't talk about it very much. It's never part of any political campaign. Right. At most, you get candidates throwing some lip service to it. Right. Um, but but as you said, there are people that are doing this the right way. Like mm-hmm. they, this isn't a, a mystery. It's not something that we have to invent the wheel. Uh, the wheels are are there. We just have to put them on the buggy. Yeah. I mean, what is it that this is this is a problem? I I, I guess I first came to um, attention to when I was kind of working on federal education policy. This seemingly simple notion of finding what works in that case education and then replicating it but you go up against these hardened bureaucratic and other political and lobby institutions we might call them or bill bennett when he was going up against them called it the blob and you know they're so resistant to that there's almost as if it's an investment in an ongoing cycle of failure as an employment program for some of these organizations institutions and bureaucrats almost you sometimes you wonder about exactly. that you see it with homelessness you see it with drug uh, rehab you see it i fear too often in some of the issues we're talking about right now as well that's exactly what i would say it is to be honest with you i mean you know one of my my sort of complaints, if you will, of both parties for the last 20 years is that neither was ever serious about solving the the border crisis right. because both sides 
uh, make <laughs> political hay on it, both sides fundraise off it. If you're in a red district, it's very easy to be anti, you know, illegal immigration. If you're in a blue district, you're throwing the doors wide open and you're fundraising on it on both ends. If you solve the problem, that all goes away. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And don't you see this with I mean, you you are an expert on the issue of chronic homelessness. No, oh, this Chron- the chronic issue. homeless. Sorry, I always get yeah. I always add that ness and I shouldn't the chronic homeless problem. And um, you are an expert on it. And this is a huge part of that problem. There's an investment, I'm sorry to say, in institutions, people and civic organizations and professions that are very invested in this not being fixed. Yeah. And, you know, the interesting thing is I, I don't think any of them actually see it that way. That's correct. Doing. That's correct. Um, you know, I mean, these aren't people who are making a really cold, nasty correct. calculation. It, it maybe maybe there is someone like that out there. But for the most part, the people in that industry are very good people, but they are tied to this system yep. that has completely failed. And they refuse to look beyond it. The answer, and I think it's just, it's sort of brainwashing. It's Mm -hmm. indoctrination. It's what we see. They've spent their whole life coming up in that system being told, if we just had more money, things would work. Well, that, along with this new ideology of body autonomy, which they think is more important than actually fixing people. You know? Yeah, I think that's a really pernicious, dangerous thing that's spreading across multiple policy areas right now. Yep. And and look, it's it is a theory that is designed to degrade the the systems and the institutions, deliberately degrade the systems and institutions of the country. The people who came up with that theory did so knowing it would create chaos. It's yeah, it's a radical libertarianism where the radical left and the libertarians meet at exactly the same spot. And um, it's part and parcel of coddling delusion, quite frankly. I got to take the break real quick. Uh, locks or no locks on the bagel, Sam? And toasted or not toasted? I, I, I am always a toasted guy. I am not at all a locks guy. All right, I'm I'll meet you halfway on that. <laughs> I'm, I'm halfway with you there. This all started from bagels. We started with bagels and ended up with uh, recidivism and uh, homeless. All right, Sam, we have a lot more to do. Sam Stone and I will be right back, and we're happy always to take your calls, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Sam Stone is my guest. He is the host of the Breaking Battlegrounds our radio show, heard here every Saturday at 3 p.m., active Twitter feed at Sam the Paul. He is a political consultant, among other things. Among those other things, were you a Jimmy Buffett fan, Sam? Um, I wouldn't say I'm a parrot head, but okay. I certainly like a Jimmy Buffett song or two now. All right. Do we need to give David equal time on salmon or and locks or do we need to? I, I feel like we've covered the salmon and locks. Okay. All right. Enough for okay. a political right. show. But uh, I, uh, uh, no, I think you're probably right. You had we're a branding f- into a lifestyle show. Yeah, we're branding into a life. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and AM Rock. Yeah. AM Rock and lifestyle. Very nice, David. Nicely put. Uh, Sam, tell me, this guy is fascinating. And when we talk about all forms of concern related to election, I'm still uh, very concerned about the social media aspect of things, and I'm not completely convinced that Elon Musk has cleaned out the Augean stables here just yet. 
uh, but among other things, you had uh, on your show recently David Sinclair, who was early on to this, I think, uh, back about six, seven years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, tell me about that. Yeah, David David is now the president of For Freedom Mobile, um, which is a, a mobile phone. You know, you can get your phone and your service through them, and it's a very privacy-focused company, so they're not gathering or sharing your data. Um and so we had him on to talk about that a little bit. But one of the other things that he's he's worked all over the country and, and all over the world, done a lot of contracting for the U.S. government uh, in various technical capacities. And, you know, first, folks don't realize the amount of information their phone is sorting and gathering on them, mm-hmm. um, you know, which in and of itself can be concerning. But But there's another issue here. I mean, as concerned as people are about voter fraud. And I, I do think you can have voter fraud that changes the, the vote by a few percent, maybe on the high end it's 10 percent. But one of the things he was talking about is how our search to how our data can be used to manipulate us. And if you go back to 2015, and this just came up in the, in the Arizona legislature, uh, Google did a study that basically they said based on their information, you could swing the vote by as much as 20 percent by manipulating the type of search data and data that people see when it comes up on their computer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so we can talk about Elon Musk, and I think he is doing good things uh, with X, Twitter, whatever it is. Um, But Google is probably a much bigger deal. And as much as we want to talk about voter fraud, search fraud may be a much, much bigger issue in these elections. 20% 20% is an astounding amount. Yeah. And when you think about it, when you think about, you know, I think I've talked on this program recently how I just switched my automatic on all my, my browsers. I just switched whenever I do a search now. It goes automatically through DuckDuckGo. Oh, Bill's been, Mr. Bill here has been pushing that for a long time. Yeah. yeah, yeah you know, yeah. I, I did that because I was looking for an article one time that I knew existed. Yep. And I could not find it on Google. Yep. I mean, like I knew it was Wall Street yep. Journal. I knew the year. Yep. I knew, and I could not find it. And it was an article that uh, took climate, some climate change issues to task. Mm-hmm. Um, very well done, you know, like a lot of Wall Street Journal stuff, well-researched, all that kind of thing, very accurate. Couldn't find it. I did a search on DuckDuckGo, and I, you know, put in far less information. I just put in WSJ. Uh, the year, and then, uh, you know, a couple of words, and it was like a top three result. Um, okay, you're, you're going you're gonna to make me switch with that story because I have been frustrated with that very same problem on Google. I'll tell you two things recently that happened, and I forgot how prevalent this was two years ago. But, uh, you know, when you're in the interviewing business, you sometimes want to look up uh, someone's biography, uh, and especially if they're a political candidate. Mr. Bill will remember two years ago, it was dang hard to get some of the official websites of congressional candidates who happened to be Republican when you Googled them. It was just dang hard, weird, still is or can be. Um, The other thing was, the other day I was... uh, on Twitter X, and I saw something. Do you know the commentary? Mary, Mary Catherine Ham used to be on CNN. Um, yes. She had made a really good point, a really punchy, poignant point 
about the Montgomery School, the the school in, in Montgomery County that was reinstituting mask uh, mask uh, mandates on on students. And I left it uh, by accident or w- clicked on another thing and lost it, and I wanted to use it on air. And I was Googling Mary Catherine Ham, and even on Twitter, it was a fake account that kept coming up, not that one. not. And it took me, I, and it, it, it almost made me wonder if they did that as a result of her going after the mask mandates, because there's a very funny thing going on when it comes to, as you put it, quote unquote science and research on science and things that you know some of us have questions about whether it's climate change or whether it's covid google does you no favors on this and i bet their analytics are directed otherwise i bet you're absolutely right about this sam oh i think there's no question so while we're on while we're on the the, uh, air here i just pulled up google i put in hunter biden now without actually hitting the search the top search suggestions yep um Hunter Biden net worth. Uh huh. Hunter Biden art. Uh huh. Hunter Biden paintings. Oh my God. Hunter Biden's children. Hunter Biden's wife. Do you think any of those are top five searches about Hunter Biden? Nope. Certainly not the art and portraits. And no, they gave you two out of five. His art is two out of five. Right. Wow. Right. Wow. Um, and so then you know you you pull up and you know go and search about him. You do have, because it just happened, this special counsel to indict Hunter Biden. But then after that, it just goes straight out. You know, it's like none of the, and none of the stuff around Hunter Biden and his laptop has happened. You know what's so weird about that is it's not easy. It, it, what's doubly weird about that is it's not even as if Google is trying to give you what they think you want. It's Google is no. giving you what they want you to have. Oh, that's specifically what they're doing. And, and I got to tell you, Seth. One of the things I've been really noticing um, since Elon Musk took over Twitter, the censorship, the throttling, the control over Facebook has increased dramatically. Um, Oh, really? Oh, inversely proportional, huh? Yeah. And I think the same thing is going on at Google and with all these other tech companies is that they're they're doubling down to that is we're going to double down. No kidding. Wow. Wow. Well, now, David, is David, is he the guy, he was out of Cambridge, he had an institute out of Cambridge, Massachusetts, is that the same guy? So it's actually a different guy. Okay. Um, this guy really has a background in, in government and working with a lot of uh, the military and, gotcha. and intelligence agencies gotcha. and all that kind of thing. And so, you know, one of the things we asked him on the program is, you know, can a government collect all this biometric data, all this data about you that your phone can be yeah. never given permission for it to gather? Can they access that without a warrant? Yeah. And the first thing he said was, well, not only can they, I have been in the room. I have been there when they wow. have done that. Wow. Let right? me let so, me take let me take a quick commercial. Sam uh, Sam Stone is our guest, political consultant, radio host, Breaking Battlegrounds, heard here every Saturday afternoon at three. He and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Sam Stone is my guest. Sam the Paul on uh, Twitter slash X. Uh, what do we call it, Sam? What do you call it? How do you do it? I'm getting I, tired I, of so, X, formerly known as Twitter. I mean, it, I, how good was the I rebranding if every time they have to say it, it you have to go by its former name? It's like the artist it's, Prince. It's terrible. Honestly, look, yeah. I love you. I love a lot of what Elon Musk does. It's just interesting, by the way, because I'm not an electric car guy at all. Yeah. And I, I kind of don't like Teslas. Yeah. 
Um, I think they're they're poorly built. Um, but, you know, that's just me. Lots of people love them, whatever. But what I love about Elon Musk is he builds things. He does things yeah. from the boring company to SpaceX, Tesla, to all these things. Um, and, and look, you know, I want to give him lots of credit. But this is a terrible decision. It's Twitter. These are tweets. Just leave it alone. It had an excellent brand. If you go to open a tab, what do you do? You even how do you don't you have to type in Twitter still? I, I don't even know how to go to X if I wanted to. I, I think I would have to type in X dot com. Is that what it at is? At this point, okay. I still put T in. On yeah, my yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it auto. Twitter. Oh, I think you're right. Maybe though. By the way, I think X dot com does do it, but it goes to what's called Twitter dot com slash home. Uh, yeah. If you if if it has to be referred to continually by its former name in the media, <laughs> it didn't work. It's like right with look, when Prince changed his name, the artist formerly known as Prince, something like that. Yeah, they, they've got the, this is just not a good idea. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, he just needs to go back. It's Twitter tweet. I get it. It, it really is good branding. I mean, the, the whole thing behind why I thought, frankly, it was so important for him to buy it was because it is such a strong brand that had built itself up into a real town yeah, square that's a good country. Point. It's a good point. It's a good um, point. It's, it's almost so like a new Coke problem. Yeah, it's, it's exactly a new Coke problem. Uh, Sam the Paul on Twitter. Uh, P-O-L. Uh, Sam, we were talking about internet, internet search mechanisms and Google particularly. I'm fascinated by, and I have been for a few years now, and I'm increasingly fascinated by what social media, the Internet, and particularly Google, have done with, for, and to society. So it's given us, in some respects, more access to knowledge in the palm of our hands than you know anything like approaching the Library of Alexandria, let us say. And with all this at our hands, something weird has happened. They have become aggregators of our own data, of course, for, as you were putting it, nefarious purposes. Um, They uh, have colluded with the government to suppress speech. So that's kind of the interesting thing. With the expansion of freedom and access to information, they at the same time have been engaged in these subtle under-the-radar efforts to actually constrict and constrain that very thing. And then there's this third element, what it's done to us, and I think it's related to, in part to the previous one, the mental health issue that goes along with this that professors like Jonathan Haidt over at New York University have been documenting. Not only with young people, but with adults, too. You can see the trajectory. It's almost a hockey stick from 2005 on and the advent of all this stuff. And there's a lot of reasons for it. And I think a small one that isn't talked about enough is what you said, is driving people mad and into into, into areas of doubt about trusting institutions because they have become untrustworthy. And that includes these things. Yeah. And so David uh, Sinclair, when he was on our program on Breaking Battlegrounds, talked about this also, that, you know, one of the things that Facebook studied very early on, obviously, was how to get people to spend more time on Facebook. Right. Uh And one of their their really strong conclusions from that was that if people are happy, if they get content that lifts their spirit, makes them happy and, you know, makes them laugh and all that kind of thing. They're on there for a very short period of time, and then they, they go away if you make them angry. Oh, wow. 
they stay on Facebook oh, far wow. longer. Wow. It's like 15 minutes versus two hours. Wow. I mean, it's a huge, huge difference. So these social media companies literally have a financial incentive, and it's a huge one because they're not growing their total user base that much anymore. It's really about how much time individuals spend on each type of platform. Um, they have an enormous financial incentive to make people miserable, unhappy, and angry. Can we come back on that when we – this is a short segment. We have a longer one. You got one more segment in you, buddy? Absolutely. Thanks. Sam Stone and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Sam Stone is my guest, host of Breaking uh, Battlegrounds, heard every Saturday afternoon at 3. I had no idea we were going down this road, Sam, and I'm glad we did. Um, it, can, can I throw it yes, off track please. for two seconds? Yeah, feel free. Because you're, you're doing all these Jimmy Buffett things, and I haven't heard my actual favorite Jimmy Buffett song on the lead-in, which is He Went to Paris. Okay. Okay. And one of the things I love, the tagline in that, he went to Paris looking for answers to questions that bothered himself. Yes, sir. We ended our Jimmy Buffett tribute uh, every hour with the ending of that song. Some of it's tragic, some of it's magic, but it had a good life all the way uh, as kind of an epigraph or, sorry, epitaph to Jimmy Buffett. Um, so I'm right there with you. It's about a particular man, an interesting guy named Eddie Balchowski who was part of the Abraham Lincoln Brigade uh, in, um, in, the Spanish, uh, in the Spanish War, in the uh, war against Franco back in the day. Um, it's, uh, it's a fascinating song, haunting at parts. Some of his songs were, and uh, something tells me our mutual friend, young David here, will uh, take us out with it on this segment. Well, and, and right now we're looking for answers yep. to a lot of questions that bother yep. us, though. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, um, I was just trying you you got... I, <laughs> yeah. did, I did throw you, I yeah. know. Well, you, yeah, well... Talking you, about social media... It's easy to do that to me. I mean, there's yeah. like five triggers that you can hit that will just... <laughs> and Jimmy Buffett's one of them, especially this week. Okay, Sammy, <laughs> let me get back there. Social media... <laughs> That you were making this fascinating point that they want us angry, they want us in a state of agitation, uh, because that's what keeps the eyeballs on the on the on the on the site. And mm-hmm. I am fascinated by this because I have long talked about that nexus and its connection to what we get from the news industry these days as well. Um, I think they I, I call it a crisis industrial complex. I think they want us constantly living in crisis, going from leap uh, leapfrogging from lily pad to lily pad from one crisis to the other. We can't have memory. We can't have calm. We can't have thought. It's almost that Harrison Bergeron thing from Kurt Vonnegut, where whenever we start to think too deeply, we get a clang in our heads. They want us in a <laughs> frenzy. They want us in a frenzy, and frenzy is. Um, Frenetic and frenetic means diseased brain. That, that's I think that's where they want us. It's certainly where they're getting us. Without any question at all, Seth, that's exactly where they want us. Look at the way COVID was used to instill yes. irrational yes. fear. Yes, moral look, panic. Look, yes. Yeah. Look at the way the environmental issues are being used yes. to instill irrational fear. Yes. Over and over and over. The population bomb, Ronald Reagan and the nuclear holocaust, uh, the day after, all of it. The end of the world as we know it. You bet. It's a very concerted attempt by government and high-connected institutions like academia, Mm -hmm. uh, like the media, so forth and so on, to keep people on edge. 
you're right about frenetic uh, for a diseased mind. But, you know, look, we can go back to there are tons of studies that show that when someone is angry, when mm-hmm. someone is scared, mm-hmm. when they are afflicted by significant negative emotions, their ability to cognitively process the world around them gets smaller. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, it contracts. And so I think that is the ultimate goal of what they're doing is they're generating fear-driven and anger-driven responses that are much easier to dictate and control than happy, rational people. Do you remember the phenomenon of, it, it's, prob- it's probably an ugly thing to talk about too deeply, but the phenomenon of the Karen, the, 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 yes. the, and before that you had the angry white male. I'm betting most of them, those people that fit that, I bet they spend a lot of time on social media. I bet they do. Oh, I think almost without a doubt. Yeah. Um, and one of the reasons I say that, and, and maybe uh, as I jump on the scale here, I shouldn't, is that um, more of those, you don't find a lot of super fit, healthy people <laughs> throwing those, throwing those, those routines. Right? <laughs> because they're actually doing things, they're out, they're exercising, they're engaging yeah, in healthy they're, activities, they're, they're not good. couch they, potatoes or, or social media potatoes. Yeah, yeah, they've got those endorphins yep. running through their body. Yep. They're not angry, they're pumped up, they're yep. happy, and so they're not turning into Karen and... Um, you know, the, the social media dwelling world is, and then you see the effects. I'm really afraid for the future of these current generations you of youth who, you who are inundated with yep. this from, from top to bottom. I, I generally, I feel like we have let them down yep. because I look at my childhood and the, you know, the world you and I grew up yep. in and others who are our age and older. Yep. And man, it had, it had its injustices. We're not denying that. It had things that were not good and were not right. We were probably way too callous on safety yep. issues. Yep. Yep. Um, but you know but what? Maybe not. Say, but maybe not. But maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe, maybe the bubble wrap that we're putting children in now is, 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 is weakening their, their, their bones and their souls. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, I think we've just gone way too far, right? It's yeah. one thing to tell people that we're going to uh, require them to wear a seatbelt. Right. It's another thing when you say, listen, from now on, you're not going to be able to drive a car. You're going to have, you know, or how how, how, how about or how about you get a cuddle doll and a safe room if you don't like the outcome of an election? How about that? Right. Yes, exactly that. Hey, Sam, I got I've got a listener. It's I think on a different topic, but I always like to work in a listener with you if I can. And let's uh, do it. I have I, I I don't think I know a ton about this topic, but Tom in Dallas is a uh, is a is a regular friend of the show. Hi, Tom. You're on with Sam Stone. Hi, and Jeff. Me. How are Hi. you? I'm well. How are you? Good. I have uh, two uh, kind of inter- intertwined questions and one question about Hugh Hewitt. Um, I heard him on the radio the other morning saying that Victoria Newland was absolutely outside of the government. And I thought she was kind of a behind-the-scenes person in a lot of these colored revolutions that are going on, including Niger and well, I, I, ones I, going on in Gabon. I, I think she's in the State Department, if I'm not mistaken. I, I, literally. He, she, he, he claims she she's yeah. out of government. No. And, and I, I was outraged by that because I think Victoria Newland's part of the shadow government. Well, she, I don't know uh, if it's right shadow. I think I think she policy. is literally in the Department of State. Literally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so so uh, right now she is the acting deputy secretary okay. of state, there. which oh. just <laughs> means that she hasn't been able to get a Senate confirmation, which yeah. 
hopefully she actually can't get. But she has the job. Her. She has the clearance. She's showing up for work at the at Foggy Bottom every day. That, that troubles me because Hewitt is very defensive of her, <laughs> and uh, I've never really trusted Hugh Hewitt as a as, as a conservative. But may I change subjects? Yes, you may change subjects. Okay. Uh, two issues on President Trump and the trials. One, the removal issue. Um, as I understand it, uh, his, I think one of the guys is moving to remove the case to federal court from Georgia state court. Yeah. And as, as, as a lawyer, Seth, I think you were, I don't know if you ever suffered through practicing law. <laughs> I did for a little in while. Order to, in, while. Uh, in order to remove a case, you've yeah. got to get all the defendants to agree. Yep. And if I'm the government... I buy one of those defendants out to not agree to remove. <laughs> probably you'll see that. Um, you'll probably see that. And you know. and the other question I have is why doesn't Trump have an absolute executive privilege in everything that they're arguing against him? Well, that's interesting. Um, well, I think. Well, okay. Uh, for the same reason, I think that the Supreme Court answered that with regard to Bill Clinton. If I'm not mistaken, let me say, have Sam and I come back. We'll be right back. It's been a privilege having Sam Stone on. We covered a lot of territory here. We started with bagels, uh, moved into uh, a lot of different areas, including uh, criminal justice reform, and then uh, went into uh, manipulation by the media. Nefarious social media companies. Yeah, and now we're ending on executive privilege and uh, the removal to federal court. Sam, we only have a couple minutes. You know the uh, clock here. You have it yourself every Saturday at 3 p.m. Do you want to take on either of those questions from Tom real quick before we go? So for Tom, uh, the request by Mark Meadows, Jeffrey Clark, and others to move their cases to federal court also include a request to sever their cases. Right. So they're asking to be tried individually, um, in which was part of the reason that they're being turned down, at least so far. Um, and then second to, second to that, I'm sorry, I just blanked on it. What was oh, the that? executive privilege claim. Oh, executive yeah. privilege. So the president cannot obviously be sued or, you know, cannot be tried for a crime, cannot be sued while he's president. Right. But it does not apply once he's out of office. That, that's the, I, I think if it involves crime, that's right. And uh, that goes back to the old Nixon administrative services case, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, Tom probably is smarter on that than I am. Uh, I haven't I haven't looked at that in a long time, but I think that's exactly right. So once the crime is alleged and that's what we're alleging here. Uh, the executive privilege wouldn't apply. And when it comes to that civil suit, that would have been from a time before he was president, if I'm not mistaken, right? The one in New York, the one with the stupid department store thing that was before he was president. Yeah. Sam, thank you for everything um, you did today. We have a minute and a half left. If you want to make any closing on anything that we were talking about. Oh, and thank you, Tom. Thank you, by the way. Yeah. And welcome to Phoenix. I understand you're in Phoenix for a few few days. Uh, Go ahead. Sorry, Sam. And enjoy it. it. The weather's actually pretty nice, <laughs> even even with the temps. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, folks, I really highly recommend this David Sinclair interview we did on Breaking Battleground. Seth, sorry to pitch my show on yours. But That's folks, what you're go, here for. Go to BreakingBattlegrounds.boat. We have all the episodes up there. I really highly encourage people to check out those two segments that we had him on. Because I think that's a really important discussion we're not having enough. Yeah, and, you know, Sam, happy to promote your show here, obviously. I want people to hear you. Um, the um, 
the point I would make is, you know, you and I, not everyone agrees with us, <laughs> but, uh, but, but at least I will say this about, about you and your show. Um, I've, I've never think, I've never thought there was anything, there's any substitute for brains and, uh, you know, Sam, uh, will make you think and, uh, that show will make you think and he makes me think and he makes me think better. Sam, bless you, sir. Thank you. Likewise, Seth. Always a pleasure. God bless. Uh, What do we got coming? Oh, great. We have Bethany Mandel, one of my favorite people, coming right up. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 